Welcome to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Friday, August 23rd. It is. It's been an exhausting two-day work week. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. It's just been real rough for you there. <laughs> it's Friday and uh, fun stuff today. Good stuff. We get to head up north. I'm so excited. We get to go even north of Michigan, past I your know. home. Well, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of Canada that's north of Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> we get to go all the way to to Edmonton. I'm excited. I know. I uh, am too. That's uh, thanks to technology and phones. And phones. <laughs> it's advanced technology, really isn't it? Really advanced technology today. <laughs> We're just pulling it all out. Thanks to, thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us by phone this morning, Dr. Stephen Chambers, Academic Dean and Director of Library at Concordia Lutheran Seminary in Edmonton, Alberta. That's in Canada. It is in Canada. Good morning, Dr. Chambers. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Yes, good morning, Andy and Sarah. Thanks for inviting me. We would love to learn about Concordia Lutheran Seminary in Edmonton. Yeah, well, it's a school that's been around and I guess probably off the radar for a lot of people, uh, both by reason of our somewhat remote location, as you're referencing already, um, and just because we're serving Lutheran Church Canada, which is um, a partner church of Missouri Synod. Um, but we've been here since uh, 1984, serving uh, LCC. That was actually founded at a time when Lutheran Church Canada was still part of the Missouri Synod. Uh, but there was a, a strong sense that it would be good for us as Canadian Lutherans to be forming our own pastors here in the West. So that's how we got started way back then. Yeah, I, I'm I'm one of those people that didn't actually know about the seminary until about three or four months ago when uh, one of our field workers actually went to teach a class there. So I, I know oh, about... no say, kidding. Yeah, Alex Mark was there teaching. Yes, right. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. He, was a wonder, he was a wonderful addition to our uh, faculty here and really enjoyed having him here. So I'm glad if he's been able to spread a bit of the word about what we're doing up here too. That's an extra bonus. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really great to, to hear him talk about his time, uh, serving there and, and teaching. It's, it was pretty cool. Um, and he's a smart guy. Yeah. So kudos yeah. to him yeah. now has a call in Illinois, much less exciting than Canada, but that's okay. Anyway, <laughs> oh, now we're well, going to get the phone calls thing. from Illinois. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's fine. Anyway, so, moving on. <laughs> um, yeah, who yeah. who does this seminary serve? Who who are the students that come to the seminary? Yeah, um, almost all Canadians. Um, we've occasionally, in the early days of the seminary, especially uh, had uh, the odd student from the U.S. And I'm not commenting on them as <laughs> odd students, but just that it hasn't been a common occurrence, right? Um, and uh, once in a while, we get uh, a student from an overseas uh, partner church, someone uh, wishing to move to Canada and serve here as a pastor. Uh, but by and large, uh, the vast majority come from Western Canada, that is, the Western four provinces, mm-hmm. um, and you know, raised up by our local church here and uh, returning to serve in the church in Western Canada, too, for the most part. Tell us about the studies. Uh, students uh, come to Concordia Lutheran Seminary to study to prepare for um, pastoral ministry, correct? Yeah, that's right. That's right. We have been um, just putting together in the last year or two also a program um, to form deacons for Lutheran Church Canada. Um, that's a category of church worker that is analogous to what you would have in the Missouri Synod uh, as uh, DCEs and DCOs and all that sort of thing. Um, Here in LCC, we call them deacons. So that program is also uh, coming to our seminary here. 
Um, but primarily, and for most of our history, yeah, we've been focusing on pastoral students for sure. Um, and it's a, a program, I guess, probably quite similar to what is also found at the St. Louis Seminary and the Fort Wayne Seminary. Um, we've been close partners with the St. Louis Sem over the years and uh, have looked to their curriculum um, for guidance, especially in the early days of our school here. Um, but we have crafted a, a somewhat, I guess, unique program in some respects, uh, particularly over the last decade or so. And um, we find that it's working quite well for our students and for the church too, I think. I've had the privilege of reading a little bit about the diaconal programs in 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 the LCC, being a DCE myself, um, and, oh, okay. and have much yeah. appreciation for that. And it it really eliminates a lot of the uh, the alphabet soup and makes things easier. Um, well, it, that's right. But what are the benefits of having um, both pastors, you know, future pastors and other church workers learning alongside one another and studying together at the seminary? Yeah, well, we anticipate that this is going to be a really good thing for the church because um, it it tends, I guess, just by the nature of the case to sort of result in a situation where deacons talk to deacons ordinarily because they've shared their formative experiences together and, you know, share um, the, the same sort of work in the parish. And pastors talk to pastors and likewise uh, share things that deacons uh, have not been part of uh, as a in terms of seminary education. So forming them together here, um, we think, is going to really help break down some of those, not necessarily barriers, but just, um, uh, well, what's another word for it? I guess just create stronger links, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, on the personal level, but also on the program level, because um, we will be having the deacons taking uh, many of the same classes as the pastoral students. And so, you know, we're hoping that that will also result in just a, a, a more greatly shared um, perspective on the ministry and work that both of the groups do within the church, um, because we're in this together. So let's maximize the togetherness, I guess. Mm-hmm. What are some of the uh, the unique uh, things that students at Concordia get to um, get to experience in in your uh, situation and in your unique environment in, in Edmonton? Yeah, um, I, I guess in terms of curriculum, um, you know, we have we've just tinkered with some of the courses and the sequence of courses. Um, we have a very small student body. Most years we have about. 10 or a dozen students perhaps on campus here. And so um, we're really always working on um, putting together as many shared courses as possible where we have fourth year, second year, and first year students in the same course at the same time. So um, our curriculum tends to be a little bit less um, sequence bound than Mm. curriculum at a larger seminary. Um, One of the things that maximizes that is we put everybody in the same course every semester they're here on campus and uh it's one hour a week where they are working through the assigned readings in the lectionary um for one of the coming sundays usually about a week and a half ahead of time and uh the faculty takes turns um instructing that course so that we each lead it in a slightly different way so we get lots of work together faculty and students uh, going through those readings and um it it establishes a habit for students of 
uh, working deeply with the text and looking ahead <laughs> mm-hmm. so that it's not so much, a, you know, a Saturday night special <laughs> kind of uh, sermon prep process. Um, uh, to be honest, I guess we haven't, you know, widely surveyed our graduates to see if they're maintaining this working ahead pattern in the parish, but um, we're hopeful. We, we'd like to think they do, and uh, I guess, yeah, anecdotally, some of them do for sure. You mentioned earlier you used the word form when mm-hmm. we were talking about pastors and deacons. How is yeah. how is the um, the experience at Concordia Lutheran Seminary in Edmonton a formation rather than just an academic degree? How mm-hmm. is it formation? Ah, yeah, yeah. That's something that um, we, I, I think, have learned to do quite well here. And to some extent, it's just a, a happy byproduct of the fact that we are so small. Um, there's nowhere to hide here <laughs> um, as a student. Uh, in fact, um, I, I was one of the last Canadian students to uh, attend the St. Louis Seminary um, 30-some years ago. And uh, one of the, and I had the option of coming to this seminary here in Edmonton um, for my seminary training. Um, but actually, that was one of the things that kind of scared me away from it um, when I was a young man. Uh, I realized that if I were here at this very small seminary, um, I would be under, well, a lot more scrutiny, I guess, put it that way, um, from professors and fellow students. And I just didn't really feel ready for that as a, as a young guy. So, you know, I went to the big seminary in St. Louis and um, did fine and have no regrets whatsoever about that. But our students here um, just have to deal with that. And um, we as faculty do try to make that as easy as possible for them, you know, um, in terms of not being too intrusive or, um, <laughs> you know, too harsh in, in the formation end of things. But um, but we all know how that is, right? When you're with people for um, a, a large number of hours in the day, the same people and in the same courses with the same fellow students and the same professors time and time again, um, you get to be known quite well, and you come to know others very well, and there's a kind of an intrinsic formation that happens just as a result of those intense relationships. Um, you know, all of us on the faculty, we, we know our students really well, and they know us really well, and um, there's a kind of a, a polishing and shaping and and so forth that happens uh, just as a result of that in itself. Mm-hmm. Do you know, and maybe this is anecdotally, um, how that how that uh, unique formation in such a small community, how that benefits pastors after they graduate and after they are in their parishes, um, how that how how just having that that small community um, does does well for them later as as their pastors in their own congregations. Yeah, I, I think it makes a huge difference, and we've heard um, many of our students, uh, particularly in their last year here and after graduating when they're in the parish, um, you know, they've reflected this back to us, how much they have appreciated the fact that um, they have been shaped not just in terms of what they know how to do and not just in terms of what they know, but also in terms of who they are. And one of the first courses that they take in our curriculum here is um it has a little bit of a cumbersome title it's called <laughs> pastor and then there's a colon pastor person and work uh, <laughs> we always kind of cringe when we you know have to describe that course or give the title because it's so clunky but um but it captures something that i think is is really fundamental to 
hospital service and diaconal service for that matter too. Um, namely that it isn't just what we do and what we know, it's who we are and our person as a servant for Jesus' sake, um, which is our seminary's motto, um, that we form servants for Jesus' sake. Um, that really comes together in a, in a special way um, when personal formation and spiritual formation is just as much a part of the curriculum and the curriculum outside the classroom, too, not just within it, um, as all the stuff that we learn, uh, the skills and knowledge and so forth. Coming up in just a little bit, we're going to learn a little bit more about studying languages mm -hmm. uh, and why yeah. biblical languages are important. Uh, when I saw languages in the note, I thought maybe it was if a U.S. student <laughs> comes to Edmonton, you help them learn to speak Canadian. Canadian English? Yeah. Go yeah. Oilers. So, <laughs> nice sports reference. Thank you. I appreciate we're that. We're talking with Dr. Stephen Chambers, <laughs> academic dean and director of the library at Concordia Lutheran Seminary in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. the day which the Lord has made. For the lonely and homebound, for the grieving and dying, and for all those who are afflicted in body, mind, and spirit, especially for me. Join us for a live broadcast of Chapel at the LCMS International Center weekdays at 10 a.m. on KFUO. Grace Lutheran Church Wellsville invites you to join them for their annual Drive Your Tractor to Church Sunday. It's on August 25th. That's coming up this Sunday. Service is at 10. The picnic starts after that. Everything provided good old-fashioned fun. Tractors will be on display, so if you got yours, put it on display, too, when you drive it there to church. There's games for all ages. Everyone welcome. Grace Lutheran Church is in Wellsville. If you need more information, look it up on your fancy smartphone or call them at 573-684-2106. Hi, I'm Pastor Ted Lesh, pastor at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in North St. Louis County, inviting you to listen to our KFUO radio worship broadcasts on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Active worship, preaching, music, and singing are part of every one of our services at Chapel. Join us Sunday nights at 6. It's one more broadcast worship opportunity for you from your friends at Chapel of the Cross and KFUO Radio. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It would have been appropriate to have some Timmy's this morning. Oh, man, while I, don't, we were... I don't... Timmy's left St. Louis, I know. and I'm so, so mad about this. But yes, nobody... I, yeah, there's no way to get Timmy's today, which is so sad. So sad. It's memories of my childhood. Joining us by phone today, Dr. Stephen Chambers, Academic Dean and Director of Library at Concordia Lutheran Seminary in Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, we've been talking about um, the, the seminary education experience at Concordia Lutheran Seminary, and part of that is studying biblical languages. Why? It, well, well, first of all, let's uh, narrow that down. What is a biblical language? I was corrected that Canadian is not necessarily a biblical language. Um, but what is a biblical language, Dr. Chambers? What are the biblical languages that are important to study? 
Yeah, good question. It's uh, primarily uh, two, uh, Hebrew for the Old Testament and Greek for the New Testament. Um, there's little bits of Aramaic here and there in the Old Testament, but we mostly just sort of ignore those and say um, Hebrew is good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, what I would say, so we now that we have that out of the way, um, why why study biblical languages? What's the rationale for that? Well, you know, that's it's been a, a key part of our uh, approach to pastoral formation and, and just the way that we do church together as pastors and people um, since the Reformation time, uh, where Luther really played a key role in uh, resurrecting interest in biblical languages. Um, it wasn't just him who got that started. That was a a wider thing at the time of uh, the Enlightenment, and a lot of other people had a hand in it, too. Um, but we can be grateful to Luther, among, you know, many other reasons for being thankful for him. Um, Also for this, that he really emphasized their importance as a way of um, accessing God's Word and uh, understanding it properly. Yeah, yeah. And what what benefit does this have for for pastors or for uh, students who are just studying theology, whether or not they're going to be pastors, what what difference does this make to have those biblical languages um, under your belt, so to speak? Yeah, well, I, I have to acknowledge that uh, my perspective on this is a little biased because uh, <laughs> uh, New Testament studies are, are my specialty here, and so I'm always beating this drum for students. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure the uptake is always quite as enthusiastic <laughs> on the other end as, as I wish it were, um, if you were to ask them what the benefit is, they might scratch their head a bit and say, you know what, it's just a whole lot of really hard work. Um, but, uh, but seriously, um, coming to understand uh, the word in Hebrew for the Old Testament and Greek for the New Testament just, just opens up a lot of nuances that, um, that are disguised or hidden or just not quite so obvious when we're merely reading it in, uh, in English translation. Um, it's a great thing that we can read it in translation, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, most of us just couldn't access the word if we could only read it in Greek or Hebrew. Um, but when you can, things just pop in a different way, and you make connections that you wouldn't have seen if you were just relying on a translation. So who would want to study <laughs> biblical languages? I, obviously, uh, as pastors are, are studying, but would it benefit others to study biblical languages in in an in-depth way? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it certainly would. Um, <laughs> of and, course it would. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and it does. Um, you know, here at, our, here at our SEM, we have um, been teaching biblical languages to uh, anybody who's interested for um, eight years already now. Uh, we've been teaching Greek one year and Hebrew the next um, in rotation and scheduling that in such a way that... Um, lay people can uh, join those courses, too. Um, and so, you know, anybody who who uh, takes the course, and, and in our courses it's been about uh, just over half of the students have been interested in coming to seminary at some point. Um, just under half have been um, lay people interested in learning the languages for their own enrichment, and we have a smattering of pastors, too, um, who take them as refreshers um, after they've been out in the parish for a bit. Um, but everybody, in other words, um, comes away from these courses just grasping things with with new clarity. Um, 
And, it, yeah, it, it's a lot of work for sure, but I think the benefits are there. For instance, if, if I can just give an example of, mm-hmm. of one thing, um, there's, a, there's a word that uh, is used frequently in the New Testament, and uh, in our English translations, it, it comes in in two different ways. Um, one of the translations that, um, well, one of the ways that it comes into English is as the word for forgiving. And so, you know, when Jesus forgives somebody their sins, um, this is the verb that's used for that. Um, but it also comes into English uh, when we read about him releasing somebody from um, a sickness, releasing somebody from a fever, um, releasing them from a, the power of a demon. Um, it's all the same word in Greek. And so, you know, in teaching Greek to whoever the student is, layperson, seminarian, uh, prospective seminarian, pastor, um, it's just really cool to see that uh, this is all the same aspect of Jesus' work. Guess what? He comes to release us from everything that binds us, be it the demonic, be it illness, be it the power of our sins. Um, He sets us free. And when you recognize that that's all the same word, um, wow, you know, there's, there's a profound insight into what he did for us and uh, what the power of the gospel does for us. Certainly that paints a, a very vivid picture mm-hmm. of, of what that word means. I had the privilege of studying yeah. Greek as an undergrad, and I think I'm well past due for a refresher because <laughs> I remember enough to be dangerous, not enough to be helpful. Oh, boy. <laughs> Well, that's better than not remembering anything at all. So. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> so how does, it, how does it, a couple of examples of how a pastor, we have about two minutes left here, two, three, sure. what do we have? Math. math is hard on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I was thinking in Greek. Um, Especially after four minutes, week, sorry, right? four minutes. Yeah, two-day week, so four hard. <laughs> a couple of examples of how a pastor might use Greek in, the, in his parish ministry today. How is it going to benefit him? Yeah, good question. Um, I would hope, <laughs> and note the aspiration behind behind that <laughs> comment. Um, I, I hope that, and I, and I think in many cases this is true. You know, uh, our pastors are well formed in their understanding of the languages, and and I think they learn this habit at at the seminary of of studying the text before they preach on it. And um, you know, typically, I think most pastors would probably start with English just to get a sense of the passage. And, you know, oh, yeah, 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 I remember this story. Uh, But then often I think they will go to the Greek and um, check out some of the key words, um, or Hebrew in the case of an Old Testament text, and uh, just sort of dust off the nuance of the words and how they fit together. And um, I know in my own preaching, um, that's usually where the, the most powerful insights come from is when I'm looking at those words and uh, things just click and pop in startling ways sometimes um, that aren't there when it, it we're just looking at the English that we know so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. No pain, no gain, right? So <laughs> <laughs> Across the keep board. Up the, keep up the discipline. Um, there's great benefit there uh, for preaching. And in turn, that benefits the hearer. So mm-hmm. I'm all for it, as you can probably tell. <laughs> Yeah, I know in, in Bible study um, in our church, sometimes pastor will write Hebrew or Greek up on the board. And it's it's just fascinating because it, it does, it opens up uh, all of these new insights and things into the text, uh, especially when we're, when we're maybe reading different translations in the English too, that also bring uh, different words into the picture and, and, uh, and really being able to dig into uh, the context of, of all of those words. It's, um, it's very edifying for everybody in that, in that case. Yeah, yeah, right. 
it, it can easily become something that uh, pastors like to sort of show off, and, and that's not always <laughs> such a good thing. I remember somebody saying once, uh, you know, you should, you should. Um, it's sort of like wearing underwear. Everybody wants to know that you're wearing it, but they don't want to see it, right? <laughs> and same with your work with the languages. They want to know that, you know, the pastor has been attentive to it. But, um, but sometimes those are good reminders, as you're saying, Sarah. And, you know, uh, people should should know that their pastor um, can do this and does do this um, for the sake of the word. It, mm-hmm. uh, it's an important part of his responsibility and his privilege um, to do that week by week. Yeah, absolutely. We have just about a minute left. Um, but if, if someone is interested, if, if they've been uh, enlightened by this conversation and want to <laughs> dig into biblical languages, there may be somebody. I don't know. Um, do you have any mm-hmm. any resources or advice to people who, who are interested in this and want to kind of dip their toe in and see what it's all about? Yeah, um, there are actually quite a few schools now that um, offer uh, online courses, um, either uh, synchronously, that is when uh, everybody is online at the same time and having a real conversation, just like we're having right now, um, or asynchronously, where students are working on their own. Um, um, Our seminary, as mentioned earlier, um, ordinarily offers a course every year in biblical language. Um, This coming year, we've We've had to uh, scale that back and and step away just for this one year um, for a variety of reasons at this end. But um, a a search online um, to find out about such courses will turn up lots of opportunities. And um, to study on one's own is is not that impossible anymore. Um, There's excellent resources that that uh, are available from some publishers, too, where you can watch a video lecture by um, a, a really good prof who knows his stuff mm-hmm. and uh, as, and use that to supplement what's in the textbook itself. So yeah. media and technology is our friend when it comes to learning the biblical languages today. It's true. CCLE and Wittenberg oh, Academy, yeah. those are yep. some resources to too. check out as well. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, yeah, Dr. Okay. Dr. Chambers of Concordia Lutheran Seminary, Edmonton, Alberta. Thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. You're very welcome. It's been fun. Thanks so much to you, too. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Have a great weekend, everyone. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere.